All right, welcome to Rock Vegas, everybody. It's Glenn Rockney. Follow me on Twitter at Glenn Rockney, G L E N R O C K N E Y. Um, the Raiders are on a bye. Um, it's crazy. I, I always get conflicted during bye weeks. Um, I'm always like, man, it's cool. Raiders can't ruin my Sunday, right? But then, you know, with, with this team, I'm like, man, they're, they're kind of good. Kind of missed a Sunday without them, you know? I, I, I will say the, the bye week came at a really good time. Um, I thought after a, that win, right, last week against Kansas City, and I, I've been stewing on it all the week, all week. The, that win at Kansas City, it, it's one of those things where if you let it, it can define your season. If the Raiders just rolled over, lost 43 to 10 in that game, how would we be feeling during this bye week? We'd be worried about the injuries. We'd be like, man, get these guys back. But we'd also in the back of our mind be like, hey, I don't know if the Raiders can beat good teams. Going into this bye week after a nice resounding win at Kansas City, it has me thinking, look, get healthy. Because now we can see how good this team really can be. It's almost a litmus test. How good? Do they stack up against the Ravens? Do they stack up against, look, they beat the Chiefs, but do they stack up against the Chiefs sustainably through a 16-game season? And, and you know, teams like Pittsburgh and stuff like that. And, and look, maybe they do. We don't have a reason going 3-2 and two with a tough schedule, playing only winning teams. Carolina lost today, so they're not a winning team anymore, I don't believe. But... The Raiders have only played winning teams as of their last win. So why they've been battle tested. I was talking about this with Marcus Johnson, right? Of tape of tape. Don't lie. Shout out tape. Don't lie podcast. I'll, I'll recommend them every single time. The what Marcus and I were talking about is like, man, like the Buccaneers, they beat the brakes off of the off of the Packers today, beat the brakes off of a four and Packers team. And yeah, maybe that scares you a little bit as a Raider fan because it's like, whoa, that defense looks legit. I'll, I'll get into a preview later this week about about the Buccaneers, but that defense looks legit. Brady doesn't look bad at all, right? They have offensive weapons, decent run game, solid offensive line. But the Raiders have been battle tested. Carolina, Carolina is not going to be picking in the top five this year, barring any significant injury to their team. They're, they're a well-coached team that's going to be set up well for the future. The Saints, right? The Saints, we'll see, right? I, they don't look great. But they're winning games. They're winning games. I, I, would, I would anticipate that they'll, finish, they'll be a 9-7, and 8-8 eight and eight team. You know what I mean? Like they're, they're definitely an interesting team where maybe a quarterback change happens once they realize Drew Brees cannot play quarterback anymore. You know? Patriots, they didn't look great today. They lost against the Broncos. I know Raider Nation didn't like that very much today. They're not a winning team anymore. But then, look, Buffalo. Buffalo lost to Tennessee last week, but Buffalo's a winning team. Kansas City, that's that's the class of the AFC, right? That's the team that nobody... That was like a bet that anybody put down a future bet, Kansas City winning the West. You probably didn't even get good odds, but you thought that was guaranteed money. I can't say right now that Kansas City is guaranteed to win the win the West. We'll see how they look against Buffalo on Monday. But the Raiders have been battle tested. They've been battle tested. They're three and two. 
have some pretty big injuries that they're working through right now. It's not to quarterback. It's not to, to things that really change your season, but incognito has been injured. Damon Arnett, first round pick 19th overall been injured and he was making strides. Brian Edwards, the, the, the darling of Raiders Twitter, as far as the draft goes, everybody thought Brian Edwards was going to be good. And, and I think he is, but he's been injured. So getting those guys back like that, how can you not be confident about this season? So it's been a fun bye week, right? It's been really fun to be a Raider fan during this bye week because it's like, look, Raiders are three and two. You could sit back. That morning slate of games was was really nice. Houston and Tennessee. Even the Carolina Chicago game was decent. And and you know Colts and Cincinnati, those were all fun games to watch. You could sit back knowing your team was over five hundred watching those games, and that was really fun to see. So now where do, where do the Raiders go from there? So let's start with Le'Veon Bell, right? Le'Veon Bell was signed by the Kansas City Chiefs this week. It doesn't look like he's going to be active um, uh, tomorrow afternoon. Crazy afternoon Monday game. I'll never get used to it as a red-blooded American, but hey, I'll take it. Le'Veon Bell's on the Chiefs now. I saw a lot of Raider fans that are like, we have to get Le'Veon Bell. Back up to Jacobs. Um, they still don't trust Devontae Booker. I'm partially in there even though Devonte booker's done nothing but good things i still think he's a fumble waiting to happen the way he handles the ball it's kind of weird to me but i didn't, I didn't see Le'Veon bell as a raiders have to have it type guy like they have to have Le'Veon bell no and him going to the chiefs as a clyde edwards hilaire fantasy owner yeah i got a little scared because it's like ah what, what's gonna happen to his carries and touches but as a raider fan as that team being the the Kansas City being your you know worthy adversary um, in your in your division, I don't I don't think that moves the needle enough for me. Simply because I don't think Kansas City's offensive line is good enough to make a running back produce. Le'Veon Bell might get a couple goal line touchdowns, a couple third down receptions that that result in the first down. It'll help them a little bit, but I wouldn't view it as a doomsday scenario. To where he when he gets signed by Kansas City, it's like, oh man, watch out. Nah. When's the last time Le'Veon Bell was good? I don't know. Like it's it's been a while. Shout out stained, right? It's been a while. It's been it's it's been a while since Le'Veon Bell's been good. I I it was nothing with the Jets. There was nothing with the Jets where I was like, man, this guy can this, he still got it. Chiefs are a better culture, but I don't know if they're a better offensive line, honestly, than the Jets. Terrible, right? Raiders defensive line, I, I still think is a big weakness. I'll, I'll get to the improvement they can make soon, but Raiders defensive line absolutely mauled the Chiefs offensive line. So when you're telling me they add Le'Veon Bell, I'm like, okay, well, that's, that's fine. He can go do what he was doing with the Jets with them. So I wouldn't, wouldn't be sad about missing out on Le'Veon Bell there. Now, Typically, as, as as fans, right, we tend to look at guys that – there's always this thing on Raiders, Raiders Twitter, right, where Raider fans love to have whatever a team cuts, right? Team cuts a guy, they're like, hey, let's sign him, right? It's kind of a, kind of a running joke with, with Raider Nation. Excuse me for a second, guys. Just got to fix my lighting situation. There we go. Um, but anyways – Raider fans are like, hey, this guy got cut. We got to sign him. 
It's going to cut. We got to sign him. We got to sign him. And with Le'Veon Bell, I thought that that was more of the same. It's like you always want somebody else. Grass is always greener. You always want somebody else's leftover and stuff like that. It might not be a, an improvement to the team. But David Irving was reinstated by the NFL. David Irving's got marijuana tests, and he's kind of like a Josh Gordon on defense, you know, where you know how good he is. You just wonder if within the NFL rule, however you feel about the NFL rules, right, and I got my problems with the NFL rules, you might think that this is not a bad person. We're not talking about Ray Rice here. We're not talking about people who put hands on women and stuff like that. David Irving is is a legit pass rusher. He's a legit pass rusher. And the Raiders are going to be hosting him this week. As soon as he passes COVID protocol, COVID testing, the Raiders are going to be hosting him for a visit. Now, if David Irving, who is what, 6'7", 290, massive. If David Irving is in physical shape, like good physical NFL shape, which we don't know. I don't know this. It's been a long off season. Every, people put on weight during COVID, in case you hadn't realized. But if David Irving is still at even close to his physical condition, I bring him in from the Raiders. You bring him in. You sign him. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But if it does work, this defensive line really takes a step up. Not too elite or anything, but it takes a step up, a noticeable step up. Can build off that performance that they had at Kansas City. David Irving can is is uh, fits like a glove in this system, right? And like I saw some people saying he might be a base defensive end. I I don't know. Like he might be better than than Cleveland Farrell at this moment, but I think the Raiders are kind of anchored. Cleveland Farrell is an anchor on the Raiders, right? Mayock's first big draft pick. They're going to give him all the looks. If David Irving maybe rushes outside while Ferrell's kicked inside or vice versa, Ferrell stays outside, David Irving kicks inside on third down, that's a lethal third down package, especially if you had Mo Hurst in there. If you were to go Ferrell on the outside, David Irving, Mo Hurst, and, uh, and Max Crosby, right? If you had those four, I feel pretty good about that on third down, especially with the strides the secondary's been making. So you bring David Irvin in, which they're doing, and you don't let him leave the building if he's in shape. You don't. Again, I don't get up. I, I'm not one of those guys, hey, this guy got cut, Raiders should sign him. I'm not that type of guy. I always take a look. I, I look up the guys. I'm a PFF subscriber. I'll look up PFF. I'll look up a lot of stuff, right? I'll ask my people that I know that, that do all 22 film breakdowns, right? I'll ask them. I'll say, hey, what do, you, what do you think of this guy? Then I'll make my opinion. I'm not the person that just wants everybody else's trash. But David Irving wasn't trash. He'd still be on the Cowboys defensive line if he didn't have those problems. And if you bring him in on a vet minimum deal, which that's probably what it's going to take. And if you're David Irving, you're looking at it. Look, this is my guy, Rod Marinelli. This is my guy. I think he had, what was it? 11 sacks in 25 games. I think what is what it was, which is great. 11 sacks in 25 games, or I think it was 12 and 25, right? Almost every other game, a sack with Rod Marinelli as his defensive line coach. And look, say what you will about Rod Marinelli. And I, I've questioned it myself. When does the Marinelli effect take place? But, you know, Malik Collins, right? Malik Collins hasn't done, his, hasn't done what we want him to do. He was inactive last game. Hopefully he comes back a little fresher after the bye. But with David Irving, let Rod, if Rod Marinelli wants him, give him. 
give them to him. You know what I'm saying? He fits like a glove in the system. It works with Paul Gunther's system. Maybe he's not active for the game against the Buccaneers. Maybe he, they bring him in this week. He's not active. He's still got to, you know, learn a few things, although it should be a quick plug and play with that system. You never know. You never know. But I bring him in. If he's in shape, you cannot let him leave the building. You cannot let him leave the building. So that was one thing I wanted to touch on. But another thing I wanted to touch on was I got some questions during the week. I asked for questions and I got them, right? What questions do you have about the Raiders going into the bye? Three and two. Raider Nation's feeling good about this. I saw some people predicting one and five. I saw some people predicting two and three. Raiders are three and two with a win over Kansas City at Kansas City going into the bye. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. So my first question today for my mailbag comes from the White Sox and Raider fan hive, which there's a couple of them, but this is Fire Gunther. Wow, that's a strong title name. But uh, this is my guy right here. He's, he, he knows what he's doing, at underscore VVES underscore. Um, good dude. Um, really, really enjoy interacting with him. But uh, he, he goes, here's a good one. He called his own question good, and I agree because this is a good question. By the end of the season, will Trayvon Mullen be established as a top cornerback in the league? So, um, top quarterback, cornerback, let's say, to top cornerback, let's say if you're taking each team's number one and two, we're not going to factor in nickel here. That's 64 corners, right? PFF has him ranked outside the top 64 right now which I disagree with, and, I, and I'm a PFF subscriber, but I've talked to some people who I know that are film junkies and stuff. They say PFF doesn't exactly grade the way they should in, when it comes to zone coverage. And the times I've seen Trayvon Mullen be, you know, quote-unquote the victim of a bad play in zone coverage, like the Tyreek Hill, right, when Tyreek Hill was tight roping the sideline on that deep thing, I don't think that was Trayvon Mullen's fault there. But PFF credited him as that that being his fault, right? When Tri- when uh, Tyreek Hill was kind of did that fingertip catch, tiptoeing on the sideline early in the game against Kansas City. So I do think that PFF is underrating him. Right now, I would say he's probably in the top 30 corners in the NFL. One of them being Xavier Rhodes, uh, who's in PFF's top, and he's been fantastic for Indy. And I really wish that the Raiders brought him in having experience in Zimmer's system. I thought that would have been a great one year deal. Just wanted to put that out there. That's fine. I got receipts for that. Nonetheless, Trayvon Mullen. I think Trayvon Mullen could get into that top, but like I said, when the best receiver he's probably faced and now the Raiders Raiders corners don't exactly travel, right? They don't shadow the number one. Trayvon Mullen doesn't exactly shadow the number one all around the field. Kind of similar to the Seahawks, what they were doing with Richard Sherman, uh, uh, Browner, Brandon Browner, guys like that, Byron Maxwell. Um, they would, they would kind of take their part of the field, right? Take their fraction of the field, right? I think the, the Raiders do that as well, but Trayvon Mullen, his toughest game was against Stefan Diggs against the Bills. It, it didn't look great. He was great against Edelman. He was fantastic. PFF rated him as an elite, gave him an elite rating that game, elite coverage grade. Um, that is, they don't give that out often. Um, he was great. But the Pats wide receivers, are, are we, is anybody intimidated by them? No. Stephon Diggs gave him the business a little bit. It wasn't a good game for him. Had his moments against Kansas City. 
played pretty well. Did a good job against Tyreek Hill. Like I said, that that big play that Tyreek Hill had, I, I didn't think that was Trayvon's fault. I thought that was more on the safety there. But Trayvon Mullen's going to, you know, I view him as a number one, right? But the Raiders, you need a 1A, 1B. So hopefully Arnett, when Arnett comes back after the bye, I'll get that in a second. Hopefully he comes back after the bye. You hope you have a 1A, 1B there. So a top corner in the league, it's tough to say top corner because the Raiders haven't had anything close to a top corner in a while. So maybe we're overrating him as a person, but I don't think we are. I think he's, I think he's really good. I think he's gonna be very good in his career. Trayvon Mullen's really good at playing that quick slant. And I haven't seen a Raider DB play that quick slant the way he does really since Namdi, honestly. And I was in seventh grade when Namdi was drafted. I just turned 30. So do the math. Can we always compare everybody on the Raider scale? No, because the Raiders haven't been very good at drafting defensive backs, right? DJ Hayden, even Gary on Conley underperformed, you know, guys like that. Demarcus Van Dyke. Remember that? But Trayvon Mullen, there's, there's something there. BD Williams was on here in the off season. Had a great breakdown on Trayvon Mullen. But even he knows there's he might be susceptible to a double move. He might get a little too aggressive at times. Stuff like that. But there's something there. And maybe not this year that he's a top 10, you know, top 15 quarterback. Let's say 15, right? If you divide everything by two, you want him to be a top 15 to be a top. No. I don't think he is right now. A couple solid performances against some big-time wide receivers. Raiders are going to play Julio Jones later in the year, right? Calvin Ridley, guys like that. They're going to have to play Keenan Allen coming up. Jerry Judy, guys like that. So, yeah, next week, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. I don't think they got hurt today. They're going to be ready. So, we will see it. We'll be able to give Trayvon Mullen a legit grade because the Raiders, wide receiver-wise, have not played a lot of great wide receivers. Michael Thomas was out for the Saints game. So, I, you know, look, did I give kind of a walk-around answer there? No. I, he He... He can, but there's gonna and and there's going to be enough tests for him this year to where if he does handle business, yes. Right now, I I do think that we got to pump the brakes just a little bit on Trayvon Mall, just a little bit. But I think it's there. I think it's there. So, next question comes from at Bourbon Raider. Shout out Bourbon Raider, a very active listener. Um, definitely really appreciate him tuning in every single week. Uh, he, he's been, he's been great. Ask really good questions too. nice interactive person. Hey, don't be shy on Twitter guys. I, if I ask for questions, ask me a question there. I don't clown on people's questions. I think they're legit. Cause I see some dumb takes on the side. I'd rather you ask a question than propose your take as a fact. Right? So at bourbon Raider, shout out, Chris, after beating the chiefs in Kansas city and no, without Edwards, Arnett, Incognito, Hurst, and Collins. Once we get everyone back loaded up, what teams left on the schedule do you think will beat us? So let's pull up the Raiders' schedule, right? Because might as well look. Because I do have a take on the Raiders' schedule that I've heard people say the schedule doesn't get any easier. And, and okay, sure, right? Maybe Maybe it doesn't. But let's start with the injuries first, right? With the injuries that have happened, Arnett, right? Incognito, 
Hurst and Collins, get those guys back, which John Gruden said there was a chance, right? So let's just say, if I had to guess, I would say Arnett would be the one that'd be the longest out. Only because of the thumb. We don't know the situation with the cast. Let's say it's Edwards, Hurst, and Collins, right? Let's say Incognito's taking still a while with that, with that Achilles. Brian Edwards is a great addition to the receiving core, which has been playing well. Nelson Aguilar has a perfect rating when Nelson Aguilar has been targeted. I've been championing Nelson Aguilar since the offseason. I will take this victory lap because he's already been better than most people expect. Nelson Aguilar has been great. Henry Ruggs, when he's on the field, makes an immediate instant impact, even when the ball's not in his hands. Hunter Renfro is Hunter Renfro, right? Hunter Renfro has been great. Darren Waller's been great. Bring Brian Edwards, who, let's be real, when Brian Edwards got injured, that was on a great play. Kind of a deeper crossing route, maybe a, maybe a mid, like, intermediate crosser. Made a guy miss, made Stephon Gilmore play twister on the play and got tackled, tackled awkwardly. Kind of felt like they were just hitting the pause button on him there. So I expect Edwards to come back and play well. I love this wide receiving core with Ruggs, Edwards, Aguilar. Ranfro and Darren Waller's a receiver. Now Darren Waller's been blocking on third down far too much for my liking, but Darren Waller's a receiver. So when the Raiders get everybody back loaded, who can they can they compete with everybody? I think they can. I wouldn't favor them in every every game. But let's look at the schedule, right? I think they can compete with every single team on the schedule so let's look at it this is from the official team website so Raiders Chiefs right oh there's a win let's look at that one more time play the Buccaneers next week can they compete with the Buccaneers absolutely do not get discouraged by this Aaron Rodgers performance against the Buccaneers I think the I think that the Raiders are going to be able to run the ball against the against the uh Buccaneers and I do think that the Buccaneers are going to get way too aggressive shallow against Derek Carr and there's going to be Big plays that can be made against Tampa. I think the Raiders' offensive line is better than the Packers right now. Especially if Incognito's back. I, I said that, let's say, hypothetically, he's not back. But he should be cleared. Should be practicing. So if they get that full-strength offensive line, which they really haven't had since, like, what, the first series at Carolina? First game, week one. So if they do have that offensive line back, I love it. Okay. Say the Buccaneers. They could compete in that game. So I can't say that the Buccaneers are going to win this game right now. I'll get to my later in the week prediction and preview for that game. The Browns. Do you guys watch Baker Mayfield today? He was terrible. Now, the Raiders do not have the Pittsburgh defense, but Baker Mayfield, if you make him pass the ball, I don't know. I just don't know about that. Their defense can be run on, too. James Conner can run. And I see Josh Jacobs having a fantastic second half of the season. At least after the bye. So, you know, two-thirds of the season, right? I can see Josh Jacobs eating against the Browns. The Chargers, right? We're right here. The Chargers. Can they beat the Chargers? I would hope so. Chargers have more talent. They're better than their record is. Justin Herbert's been promising, even though I hated him. Called him Justin Locker. Hasn't won yet, so prove me wrong. But... That's not fair. I shouldn't call him Jake Locker. I just did with Marcus Johnson, and I got to squat on that take. I got to. I have to. Sorry. 
But uh, can they beat the Chargers? Yeah, I would hope so. Broncos at Raiders. Can they beat the Broncos? I hope so. They are better than the Broncos. Derek Carr is better than Drew Locke. Raiders defense is probably on par with the Broncos, but I think they do everything else on offense a lot better. Right? Chiefs, can they beat the Chiefs? They already did. So playing them at Vegas, can I call a win there? No. No, I can't. Raiders at Falcons. Can they beat the Falcons? I sure hope so. Right? So you see where I'm getting at here, right? Look, you got the Jets. You got Colts at Raiders. Colts at Raiders is a tough game. Chargers at Raiders. Division game. Dolphins at Raiders. Raiders at Broncos. Show me one game where you think the Raiders are a guaranteed loss in there. Guaranteed loss. No. You, you can't find one that's a guaranteed loss. Even Kansas City, right? Because they handle business at Arrowhead. Maybe Kansas City adjusts and plays a lot better at Vegas indoor. Look, their team looks good indoor. But the Raiders' second half of their schedule, and I don't even want to look up to there because Tampa and Cleveland are two tough opponents, and you don't want to look past them. But after week eight, six of the last eight games for the Raiders are indoors. So the Derek Carr cold weather thing shouldn't happen, right? The Jets are the only cold weather game that the Raiders have to play for the rest of the year, right? At the Meadowlands. That was a disaster last year. The Jets are worse than they were last year. And if the Raiders lose to the Jets, by the time they play them, fold it up. Sorry, fold it up. They're not going anywhere. Like I said, six of their last eight, right? Their only road game. I'm sorry, not their only road game. But one of their road games is at Atlanta, a bad team, a team that's not good. Especially by then, who knows by the time they play them, which is a couple, you know, three, four weeks from now. Who knows what Atlanta's gonna be by then? They might be playing a different quarterback. You you just don't know. But that's indoors. The Raiders, all their home games are gonna be indoors. They could control the climate the way they want to do it. This team needs to be a playoff team. So, Chris, when you asked me that question at Bourbon Raider, um, what team do you see them? just overmatched by and just not beating at all. Maybe the Kansas city one at home, but they should be in that game. They should win these games. Look, they're not going to win all of them. I'm just saying there's no game where they're overmatched last year. I felt like there were games they were overmatched in even when they were off to a hotter start, right? We have to take an advantage that Gruden's had a tough month of December for his whole career. Even when the Raiders were a perennial playoff contender in the early parts of this millennium right early 2000s even Gruden their their numbers dropped off in December so you're gonna have to factor that in too but on paper you you can't expect much more than that you you can't expect better than the schedule they have so nonetheless uh this has been the bi-week episode of the raiders uh rock vegas podcast um you can subscribe to me on youtube um it's at rare candy pod one on twitter at rare candy pod one um we have a youtube channel as rare candy on twitter um follow the podcast at rare candy pod on twitter um that's where the youtube links are and all that kind of stuff so if you are a first-time listener thank you for listening um again please retweet this stuff uh, tell a friend because even though you like it, um, this stuff kind of sits there. If, if, if only you like it, tell a friend, right? We all know 
nobody's their only Raider fan in their friend group. Usually they have a couple. So tell your Raider fan friend if they like podcasts, listen to something to wanting something to listen to during the week. So um, again, I'm at Glenn Rockney. Follow me on Twitter. Talk shit to me if you want. Or tell me I'm great. Doesn't matter. But uh, this has been another episode of Rock Vegas. I really appreciate you guys for tuning in. And uh, that's it for me. Thanks, guys.